Hey guys, welcome back. This is our third episode, which is crazy and awesome. Uh, we have a very special guest today who goes by the name Sloan. His artist's name is Dayglow. He's a beautiful person. We had a great conversation, super insightful. We loved having him. Uh, we hope you like it. Um, I'm Alan. I'm Steven. We're Joan. And you're listening to... Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Where are you? Are you in Austin? I'm in Austin, yeah. I'm uh, in my little studio upstairs. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Are you, f- are you from Austin? Um, I grew up in a town outside of Fort Worth, so um, okay. like three hours away from Austin. But I moved to Austin as a freshman in college and have stayed since. So, uh, it's been wow. like, yeah, a handful of years. We, we met you, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, when we both played a festival at, was it A&M? Is that right? Yes. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was that, and uh, the yes. Camino, Camino played. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was the first time we met, and were you in, were you at A&M? Is that where you were in school, or? Um, I went to UT, so. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, UT in Austin, um, which is kind of like A&M's uh, rival, if you're into that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. That was cool. Um, you, yeah, had crazy. you just begun? Like, yeah, yeah. So you guys were booked for the gig. Um, I won Battle of the Bands <laughs> at A&M, so I got the pleasure <laughs> of opening the whole entire thing. And I can't remember if I was paid or not, but um, it was a good experience. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That was yeah. literally like right before Fuzzy Brain, right? It was right after the original like release of Fuzzy Brain had come out. So like, yeah, That's... no uh, no team or managers or yeah. label or anything. So That's wow. so wild. Yeah, we were talking about it like a year after whenever, whenever um, kind of everything happened and it just like, you know, just launched and uh Mm. and we were just like we met this guy he was like (laughs) so sweet and so nice to us and like came up to i think it was like at the merch table or something you came up and said hey and we were like man that was so it was so cool to meet you and then (laughs) and then like didn't even realize until then like that you were the same guy oh it was was so cool it was it was cool to like see that happen i mean um yeah and yeah i've i've been i've been a joan fan for a while i remember um you guys opened for Coin at Trees in Dallas. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was at that show, um, which I'm friends with um, everybody in the band Coin. But I went to go see you guys, to be honest. Oh man, um, yeah. So that was fun. Um, I'm gonna that text was a while ago. I'm gonna text Chase yeah. that real quick just to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was a big Coin fan as well. Oh man, I was of course. Like, I, you know, I, I just, uh, I mean, you guys had very little music out, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to see what it's like live. And it was Thanks. Good. That's so great. Yeah. I didn't know you were at that show. Okay, so let's talk Fuzzy Brain because it, from an outside perspective, 
especially seeing, I don't know, was that one of your first shows or had you been playing around town and stuff at the A&M gig? I mean, it was like definitely one of my first shows. Like I was doing some shows like with tracks alone, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which isn't like necessarily effective when it's one person. Sure. Um, right. So like, you know, at least, yeah, yeah. So I, I was kind of doing that in like backyards and stuff. Cool. You know, as college goes. Um, but yeah, it was definitely one of my first shows because I had gotten a band together to play with some friends from college. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, so with that kind of whole, with that project, how, how did that kind of, um, how did it get to where it ended up getting? Like, like was that like your first offering to, like completely to like as music or um was it was there kind of an underground thing happening before that or or what was like the process of of that the spark yeah the spark that yeah. your trajectory definitely from our view went really quick yeah. so it's like which is <laughs> it, incredible i mean it was really fast yeah um i don't know i think it was a really really rare thing which the more time i spend uh, looking back on it, the more I realized how um, unique the situation was. Like, mm. I mean, mostly it's my song, Can I Call You Tonight, that has lived lots of different lives. Yeah. Like, it originally just was doing, you know, like, I have a YouTube video where I, like, made a green screen thing with my friend, um, and that started doing good on YouTube. And somehow I think the algorithm to YouTube and Spotify is connected. I mm. was told that, I don't know. <laughs> and um, I started watching that grow. Um, but it was really, in the truest sense, like completely organic and like watch it all happen online. So like there was a side of it that was like local and being from Austin, but most mm. of it was just like, you know, online stuff. Which is weird to think of because like TikTok, I don't even know if TikTok existed yet. Like it was right before TikTok like existed. So it was like there's this internet culture. Mm. And so it kind of had a moment. And then after that, TikTok took it. And I didn't even have a TikTok account. Um, oh, wow. And like then it started to grow. Mm. And then like a couple months later, um, Emma Chamberlain like posted it on her story. It was like oh, no wearing Dayglo merch in one of her videos huh. or something. And um, all these things, like I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And then uh, after that, it started like doing radio well. So like adult radio. So it kind of had like this widespread reaction Yeah. Um, with no like marketing or anything. That's so cool. And special. I mean, that's literally the best way it could happen, you know, like. Yeah. Like yeah. people just gravitating towards it and grabbing onto it, you know, is that you couldn't ask for a better situation. That's for so sure. Cool. No. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like how recent it all was like things just moved so fast, but, um, definitely not something you can control. Totally. Um, like I, I can't, I can't do it again. It seems like, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but, well, yeah. I'll, I'll just say t- to you, like as an encouragement, like, we we don't know each other very well, but like I've loved seeing kind of your journey from the start yeah. and um, 
when all that stuff was happening, it, it was really, really cool to see how you handled it. Um, and like, it, it almost seemed like you were prepared for it at the time. And like, Mm. like it seemed like all of your decisions and moves, like navigating kind of all that, that could be super overwhelming for a lot of people. And I'm I'm sure it was Mm. overwhelming, but like, it was really cool to see kind of like how you took that and, and made it your, your thing. And it seemed very organic and, um, and genuine, like throughout the whole process. So it was really cool from, from afar to kind of see that happen. Um, and yeah, yeah, I I was just like rooting you on and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just really cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, um, I can't remember who gave me this piece of advice kind of along the way. Sorry. I'm a, no, you're good. (laughs) You're good. I saw a drop mid question. Uh, Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think that's good. Yeah, I I can't remember who gave me this advice, but it really stuck with me. And um, it was just like, don't make really kind of any decisions based off of excitement. So that kind of really helped Mm. me along the way Mm. um, to really think things through. And I luckily got good managers along the way. Yeah. um, Yeah. But it was was definitely weird to navigate because, like, you know, I was like – 18 19 at the time a fresh still a freshman in college oh wow. um and i was doing like south by southwest gigs at like 2 a.m and uh <laughs> it was about that time when things were really starting to happen so like there were a lot of people who had like gotten my email and like were meeting up with me that week but thankfully i you know had the i don't know just ability to like navigate who was sketchy and not yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been Good, uh, dude. it's been fun, man. It's been fun to watch, and that I think what Stephen was saying, yeah, it it seemed like you you have this like intrinsic. Um, it's almost I guess the word instinct. I feel like, and I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like you have this instinct to know, like your branding, how you present yourself. It seems a really genuine. Um, like I feel like who I see uh, in your videos and in your live performances, all that is is Sloan. Like you know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's cool when artists put on like an act and like you know can be like uh, put on a mask and do a different like almost a character. But I prefer personally just when I when you get to see who the artist is through their artistry, who they are, like who they actually are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We've we as a band have. Um, really try to present ourselves in a way that is just, it's just Alan and Steven from like it's, it's who we are we're mm-hmm. trying to bring joy, joy to the world um like the old adage in song <laughs> um, and uh and just be genuine and and be like really open yeah. and honest about stuff and what you see is what you get and I don't there's something really um uh I was sort of like I don't know what the word I'm looking is for is um it's nice to see Mm. that's what I'm trying to say it's refreshing <laughs> yeah. yeah refreshing yeah so thank kudos you. yeah buddy well I was I yeah, was gonna I ask think... too kind of on that like do, does it feel is was that intentional or was that kind of like I mean obviously like whenever you whenever you start a, a, a band um, there is a, a part of it where it's like this is sort of a business too you have to think about a ton of things kind of at once like what what does my logo look like and what's my name and what is, what do I want to present myself as? Was that kind of conscious for you? Like, um, presenting yourself just like as an, 
I guess an outpouring of like you, like through your music and through um, visuals and everything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've always loved like just generally like good aesthetics. So like I love watching music videos and I was actually a marketing major before I dropped out of college. Hey, me too. I guess, yeah, I, I just like how things can be packaged and manage to make it honest, like you were saying. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It really just comes natural to me. And I, I view it all in the same picture. I have a really, really hard time um, compartmentalizing things in music. Like I, I can't imagine having a, like a bandmate. Like, you know, you guys make music together. I, I have no idea how I would do that. And I, I've kind of always been that way. Like you know, in a school project, I would overwhelmingly do all the work, you know, Mm. um, and I'm learning how to share in that way. Um, (laughs) but it's just kind of the way that I'm wired. Like I, I see full picture stuff. So like when I'm working on a song, I'm immediately thinking of visuals and Mm. you know, whatnot. And I think that a a lot of that comes just from like growing up in a small town and not having anybody around me that like enjoyed what I was doing. So, um, it kind of shaped me in that way and uh, kind of created the way that I work. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, like kind of on that, um, how how did how did you kind of handle, are, are you independent? Like, um, so it's like technic, it's, it's like, so I'm signed to a distribution label mm-hmm. called AWOL. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it, what I've done is like album by album deals that have like a sunset. So like eventually I'll own the rights to all my music. Um, and so, yeah, I did like the distribution half on that side. And then the other half, I have like a publishing thing with Sony. Gotcha. Um, cool. So it's kind of like I split it all up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a team of people now that help me out, but for the most part, it's like independent, I think, you know, uh, definitely nobody has like any say on like what I'm doing. So totally. Well, I, I, I was, I guess I was asking that more as like, did that happen with, with when kind of everything was, was launching and happening and like, was that a, um, a, specific choice for you where you were like, I want to make sure that this is what my royalty side of, of the, my songs look like, or this is what my pub, did you have those kind of in mind before you were going in or was it kind of like, take it as it came? It's really hard to like, look back and know what I was thinking. I mean, thankfully <laughs> it's all worked out. Like, you know, I, I'm still confused, like how a lot of things work. Um, Dude, us but, too. We have free, we yeah. have friends reach out and be like, how did you guys navigate this? And, and what does this mean? You know, what is this t- typical royalty? I'm like, bro, I asked my manager everything. And half the time I have to yeah. re-ask him in three months. Cause I forgot what he said, like three months. Before. <laughs> like, yeah. It's almost yeah, like the more, you know, yeah. the, the, the more you realize you don't know anything yeah, about any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many ways in which the music industry functions but yeah I think it all just comes back to that like excitement rule you know like if I'm faced with two options of like you know this one is going to take a lot of time and it's like a safer investment 
then that's kind of always what I pick because totally um, yeah so I guess I just approach everything that way um, but I don't know I mean it, it's been like thankfully worked out I feel really lucky good yeah um, so just talking on like the the creative side you were you were talking about how I mean you literally Dayglow is you only you produce write mix everything correct mm-hmm. how how is how how does that process um kind of work for you like how does like a normal day when you go to start a song start um it's kind of changing right now you're you're okay. kind of catching me in the middle of a renaissance <laughs> um, i'm like uh I'm, I'm a huge gear nerd and like i love like sometimes i'll start out a song just thinking about a specific element of like a synth patch or something i'm like oh i like that in this song so i'm going to try to do that in mm-hmm. my song and it's like very niche on what i'm doing just like not even viewing it as like songwriting first but like production before even songwriting yeah um so sometimes it starts that way right now i'm trying to flip it around because um, i think with fuzzy brain i didn't have any gear so i was like forced to um songwrite first hmm. um so i'm kind of try to do that again but uh yeah i mean i'm i'm in my studio right now and i kind of just sit up here and see what happens but it's usually like you know i i believe there's a certain like zone that exists within like a week where there's like you're in the zone for a week and you write 10 songs that Mm -hmm. you like um and even though i'm working and writing songs all the time, like there's a certain times of the year where it just works. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's typically like one week where I'm like, I've just made 20 songs and all of those are good and all the other ones are bad. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's seasonal. We we do the same thing where it's we hit. I, I know I do. I hit a wall. Like I'll be going, going, going. Here's 10 new ideas a verse and a chorus here. I've got a melody structure of the songs. Everything's figured out in my head. Um, and then it's like, <laughs> there's like a two week period where I feel absolutely worthless. And every time I sit in front of the computer, I'm like, why can't I find the snare that fits the drums on this song? You know what I mean? Like, mm. and it's such an ebb and flow. And it's, I think that's like par for the course in the creative you know, world and life. But um, yeah, I feel that deeply it's very frustrating sometimes but so like when when you when you're in that mode or like kind of daily do you do you try to write something daily daily or is it more like you take it as it comes and then um you kind of sit down from there from ideas or or like how does like a how does a typical song like start is it from a a voice memo or is it from usually like tinkering around production wise Mm. first or is it kind of different? Uh, I feel like fin- songs that I finish tend to be like a voice memo that I start. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never really felt the extent of like a writer's block thing because I'm, you know, completely obsessed with uh, recording music. So mm. I like unfortunately don't stop. Like I I know even though the songs aren't good I just can't stop doing it it's like 
I, I, I have no hobbies other than like Dude, making yeah. music. Like I, I can't watch <laughs> a movie. I can't read a book. Uh, like I am always doing something. So yeah, I guess typically songs that I release are like voice memos. Um, but I don't know. I'm just always consumed by it. So yeah. if you have any uh, suggestions on how to <laughs> no, break I, free that's that, so interesting because I mean. I feel like the more we're talking, the more like similarities I'm yeah. just hearing about. We have zero we hobbies. Work. Like I, mm-hmm. oh, Lola, my wife and I talk about that a lot. Like we'll, we'll be on a walk and it's us and our little girl and our dog. And I, I have to like pause the combo because my brain out of nowhere has, here's a melody. And I'm like, give me two mm-hmm. seconds. I blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm back. Like, and then I know tomorrow morning when we get together at nine o'clock or 10 or whatever, we're gonna hit that memo and like flesh it out. But um, yeah. when I get back home, uh, we can sit and chill and turn off and watch a movie. But this actually leads into my next question, which I think you've already answered, but I can't turn off. It's like nearly mm-hmm. impossible for me to slow down enough that the creative, whatever that ethereal brain thing is, that it just cuts completely. It, it will pop when I'm in the shower, it'll pop when I'm driving, it'll pop when we're eating dinner, it'll pop when I'm changing a diaper. Like it's literally, it just comes up at some point. Do, for you, can you turn off? Like I know you're saying it's your hobby and your work obviously, which is the same for us. Is there a moment where you can, other than sleeping, <laughs> where, or maybe it's yeah. even you dream it, but um, where you can truly be like, okay, no more day glow brain like <laughs> i've got to hang now you know yeah. whatever how is that for you cuz you're married guys, you're married we, correct I, I, I am yes yeah, yeah. um yeah guys i think we might be cursed <laughs> I, I mean i i've got no idea yeah I, I no chance of turning off um yeah it's crazy yeah i mean yeah yeah like i think i think it's awesome like it's a it's almost like I've spent a lot of time since like gaining like this becoming my career where I'm almost like forcing myself to view it as a bad thing. Like I'm like, Mm. you know, like, like you should be balanced and like I'm more balanced than I realize, I think, but I'm starting to see it as like, this is just kind of my personality and maybe it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, by nature, obviously, like it's good to be balanced, and in your marriage, you know, you don't want to like, for sure, you know, prioritize your voice memos or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, I think I'm learning that it's more just like, yeah, we're we're cursed people, um, <laughs> so we're uh, figuring out how to navigate it. But well, like, there's the entrepreneurial side of it too, though. Like, I think that's uh, we were talking about this the other day, like. Any, any um, entrepreneur business owner that has nothing to do with music, let's say, or, or entertainment at all, um, you're opening up a local print shop. Like, when it is what you do, both what you love and what you do, or it's what's the, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, bo. You know that? <laughs> yeah, bo. Uh, <clears throat> it's true, though. It's like, I don't, I don't get bored with what we do. Mm-hmm. Like, when Lola and Ellie go to see my mom or her mom or whatever, and maybe it's a time that they're just having a girl's time and I'm home alone, I'm going to the studio, I'm turning on my computer and I'm writing. Like, it's just mm. intrinsically what I know and what I want to do. I don't, I don't wanna go do anything else, which is, like you said, both a blessing and a curse, I guess. But um, I think it's also the business side of it. It's like, th- 
if we want this career to continue at whatever trajectory it's at, um, you kind of have to like put the time and energy in, not saying you shouldn't ever turn off, but um, it just, I feel like it puts uh, internal pressure even higher on like, well, I do need to spend really good time daily working on this or else, mm. who else is gonna write that song for me? You know, like there's mm. also that mentality, I think in the back of my mind, but. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah, definitely. <clears throat> We're cursed. Yeah. We're cursed, man. There, there are we worse are. curses to have, I would say. <laughs> sure. So. No, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think, I think like being, you know, music is, um, it's a drug for musicians, and I think um, drugs can also be medicine. Mm. You know, some medicine are called drugs, and it kind of, you know, crosses over. So for some people, like you know, you're you're making them a form of medicine, you know? Mm. And I think there's a limit to where like escapism is good, but right. um, I think it's also amazing that this song that I'm really enjoying to make is really gonna be a great addition to uh, somebody's day emotionally, mm. um, which yeah, is easy cool. to forget sometimes. 100%. Totally. Hmm. That's yeah, awesome. That's a really good point. How, how have you found, um, uh, in, with your marriage, like how have you found the, the not necessarily the uh, daily grind part balance, but like touring, um, is she able to come out at all? Or, yeah. I, um, and I can only speak obviously for me and Lola, but it's, it's not always easy to be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. How long have y'all been married? Uh, about two years. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah. Two How's years navigating that been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I've gotten really lucky in a lot of these things. Like I put myself in other people's shoes sometimes and think like for for me, like since it's my tour and like everybody else is hired, it's kind of like a different conversation. So like yeah. since I'm paying for the bus, then, you know, I get to bring my wife right and we get to like have you know what whatever it's called like a, a star bus or you know yeah whatever um so that that's easier to navigate like i can imagine when that starts to bring other people in that's like okay like man so it's a lot easier to do it solo in that way um but even then like you know i want reagan to have something to do and like yeah you know feel purpose in her life so we also have a dog um his name benny and he went on tour for uh most of our last year which was fun that's cool um but yeah i mean it's it's a hard thing to navigate but when you do the math like i get to be home 24 7 when i'm not touring and some people have a nine to five every day so they kind of aren't ever home so um it's got its pros and cons you know yeah Totally. It's, it's it's fit for someone with my personality because I'm like I'm realizing more that I'm very extreme like which a lot of artists are it's like high highs and low lows so like I kind of like the extreme nature of that schedule where it's like always home or never home <laughs> yeah yeah hmm that's interesting that's cool. yeah so so kind of while you were um dating and going into marriage like going from like kind of pre and post marriage as an artist like how what have you kind of learned um or like have you learned anything specifically that like about yourself or about 
Um, has there been growth in any areas where it's like you had to figure out how to be an artist and how to be married at the same time and like how those two worlds collide? Cause a lot of, a lot of times that can, that can kind of, you know, make things interesting between like having a relationship and having your, your job be an artist. Um, has, has anything kind of come up to you in, in a way lately where it's like, you've been kind of, you had to figure something out or, or, you know, have come out of it on the other side through that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I think, you know, Reagan and I dated like mostly when I wasn't even really doing shows. So like that was kind of weird. We weren't really like dating while I was doing shows. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, you just kind of have to take it as it comes. Like, I, I haven't really, let me think. I mean, I've never really been like, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. So like, I love meeting mm. fans and stuff, mm. um, but I've never like flirted with fans or anything. That's never been like a thing. And I also sure. have a lot of fans are dudes. So like, <laughs> you know, that kind of helps. Um, and that's fun. Uh, it's like that aspect of things really hasn't been weird to navigate like i don't know it's that, I, I mean everything is strange in life so like yeah, yeah totally you just kind of have to <clears throat> figure it out as it comes but um i guess i'm still figuring it out that's maybe great I, maybe i'm showing i've i've no idea what i'm doing <laughs> no definitely not. if this is if if your journey has been not knowing what you're doing you're doing okay <laughs> my guy let me tell you thank you let me tell you i love it um what have you been musically lately like mega inspired by? Is there any artist or decade or um, um, sound, synth, like literally anything musically related that you're like, um, I'm honing in on this for my next, you know, whatever, few months while yeah. I write and stuff? I mean, this sounds like really probably meta, but like I've been inspired by my former self. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to uh, like my old music. Yeah. So it's kind of like unreleased music. And I've been re listening to what I was inspired by then. So, like, lots of guitar driven, um, ambitious, like, indie pop stuff of like, you know, 2000 to 2010. Hmm. Um, so, kind of that like MySpace era. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. Stuff I've been really inspired by, and uh, just trying to channel that again. Like, I think I, I'm an old soul, and I like overestimate myself on how mature I should be at the time. And I'm realizing, like, oh, I'm actually 23, so like, it's okay if I'm like still enjoying my youth and like, <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. listening to the same stuff. Like, I just change so quickly. Like I was saying, like, I'm an extreme person. So. Um, <laughs> I guess I've been trying to like look back at like the reason why I started making music and what inspired me then. Um, so yeah, I guess short answer would be like MySpace, guitar-driven. Uh, yeah, MySpace music. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you get the um? And I, this is a loaded question because we do, but with with your love for analog synths and drum machines, and we share a lot of that in common. Um, do you get mm. the the retro or nostalgia like 
I don't know if you read articles about you or when you get PR and reviews and stuff with your music, but mm. do you get that all? Do you get the comparison a lot of like Dayglow, the 80s nostalgia band or the, you know, the, those kind of taglines? Do you, do you get that? And, and how does that make you feel? Maybe you don't, but. No, I definitely do. Like, I think, I think it's cool. Like, and I see why they say that, you know, I, whenever anybody would ask me like during Harmony House, like, you know, what are you inspired by? I would say like yacht rock a lot. <laughs> yeah. Come to, um, yeah. kind of regret, but it's true. <laughs> like that's what I was listening to. For sure. Um, and I think it's funny when like you really look at my music from the outside cause it's really not yacht rocky. So they're just kind of using a, mm-hmm. uh, whatever a word that I said, cause they have to write an article. Right. Right. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I like the idea of being associated to, a time where like, I, I think just that association makes it seem like, oh, this kid really likes music. So yeah. if that's what I come across as versus like, you know, he's really good at Instagram or something or like, you <laughs> know, uh, as long as people see that I love music, then that's the goal. Um, that's a good but, perspective. Totally. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. I, I get in my head about it a bit. What we, we get that a lot, the, the, you know, n- nostalgic, whatever. And it, and it, it's probably the same thing. Like when they ask our favorite songs or our favorite albums, it's like heaven by Brian Adams is one of my favorite. Everything I do, I do it for you. Like these are songs that still give me chill bumps to this day. And so, and, and so when they hear that and then they hear broken hearted, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's obvious mm. influences there with, with that era. But at the same time, uh, I want our band to be, um, uh, timeless. Like I want, I want, mm. you know, I want to write music that in 30 years we can look back and be like, that could have been 85 or it could have been 2018. Like, you know, there's no, mm-hmm. because at the, at the core, they're great songs. So it sounds like you have a good perspective on it. I don't always have a good perspective <laughs> on, on it, but, oh, um, yeah. and I don't like get offended when people use the words or anything, but I just, I think I get in my head sometimes like, oh, I just don't want to be pigeonholed. I don't want, I don't want Joan to be pigeonholed mm-hmm. into that retro eighties band because, we can do sure. more than that, and I think we've shown that with our discography. But you just, you know, it, you're right. There's like taglines and mm-hmm. easy things to describe with, and but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I understand where you're coming from. I was like, uh, I had started to realize that that was being used in articles about me and stuff. So I was like, um, I was like, I don't want to be the um, the Elvis impersonator of like right. you know, '80s music or something. Like, right. I don't want like people go to a show. It's like, oh, weren't you know, weren't the '80s great? You know? uh, so I'm like, I have no idea. You like, look out, and it's just—it's all 65-year-old you know? men in, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that—that that could be fun. Play Michael uh, McDonald. That kind of sounds sick, honestly. It does. Yeah, that'd be a pretty yeah. good crowd. Um, but yeah, I see—I see what you're saying, and I think, uh, as a listener of Joan, I think, um, I think you're good. Okay, <laughs> thank you. That's what I needed. That's I was just fishing for that right there. So thank you. <laughs> that was the point of this whole yeah. this whole podcast. We're done. It was yeah. a lead up to that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. no more talking. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, and you know, and I will add to that. Like, uh, this is a an, an, I feel like an old guy thing to say, but like, there is something to the 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 genesis of synths and uh, and samplers. It was such a new period of time and new technology and all of that, but there's something really special about those sounds. And when you use them right, they're catchy and they're like, mm-hmm. they just hit in a certain way. And 
I think when we're in an era where literally nothing against it, but like where a trap beat is the most popular thing everywhere mm-hmm. for a for a moment in time, I, I just I'm curious if in 20 years, 30 years, if the trap beat mm. will will still be looked at like a Lindrum is, or or and, and perhaps mm. it will. Maybe it'll be you know everything seems to be moving so fast now that the 90s are already back and that was not that long ago. Like, you know, mm. it's not like the 50s. So um, I'm curious to see if if the, the, if the new uh, sense of our era now will be the retro sense, like we look at, you know, Junos and, and, and whatnot. But um, I'm curious, I, I always think about that, like when my grandparents are listening to their oldies, I'm like, is our, is our oldies like Miley Cyrus? Like that just seems so <laughs> strange to me. Like. It, not that she's not a superstar and all that, but um, it just seems like we live in a really interesting era of music where yeah, it's cra- all over the place. Crazy like, to think what'll end up being the classics from our from our time. Yeah, yeah. it'll be uh, Yeah by Usher and Lil Jon and yeah. stuff like that, which rips. <laughs> Love that song, but mm-hmm. it's just cu- cu- curious what that's going to look like in 20 years or whatever when we're all geezers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many definitions of what's cool now yeah you know i think that's kind of what it comes down to like i don't know really how much longer like definite pop culture is going to last i think that's going to be the thing that um which i'm like oh this is what i think is going to happen but um (laughs) yeah i don't know like i think people are caring less and less for like the kardashians and like you know what's going on in like definite pop culture i think that's kind of like the the end of it because there's so many different I mean, especially with music, like there's a musician I know I've never heard of out there that's probably doing, you know, amphitheater tour right now and they can, you know, because there's so many people who like, like them. And so I think there's just too many definitions of what's cool. Yeah, Uh, totally. Like, I don't know. Like, I I think there's always going to be the trap stuff, but then there's going to be some sort of crossover and then I don't well, know. That's yeah, a good point though, because, because when you think back to fifties, sixties, pre-internet, <clears throat> even seventies, eighties, when it was, uh, I guess the internet became really popularized in what nineties, early alts, but like, um, information was so small. Like you had news outlets and certain radio stations playing and, and telling you about these artists. So the field was much smaller, literally mm-hmm. anyone I can, I can get off this podcast Record a, record, record a voice memo on my phone and instantly upload it to a DSP if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. anyone can release music, which yeah. is mm-hmm. cool in a lot of ways. And also it just makes the market insanely big, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. I guess, good I, and bad. I do I think the, a huge benefit of it is it gives the individual kind of the power of what, like what you were saying, what they think is cool can be cool and can work. So, I mean, there's, there's so much saturation, uh, like so many different artists and so much availability with different music that's not even on DSPs or out on TikTok or whatever. And it's like all of a sudden what matters most is what's cool to me and what a good album is Mm -hmm. to me. And like, um, that's that's really interesting to think about. I mean, I, I, I would love like 20 years from now if it's just like everybody can kind of, um, you know, have have something that's special to them, like where it's like mm. this this to me is the, the best album that's ever been, you know, and that doesn't mean that you've even heard it. Right. It's it's kind of interesting to think like, you know, that it, that it could, I don't know, that could be a possible future. I don't know. It's nuts. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think the word would be like iconic. Is like, I don't know what necessarily makes something iconic. Like what mm-hmm. what even is iconic anymore? Like just stuff circulates so fast. Totally. Um, so do, I don't know. Do you think Do you think about um, <clears throat> like in the same vein of of thought, like TikTok socials? Obviously, information traveling so fast. Songs, um, I, I, I don't know the data on it. I'm, I'm imagining songs. I know some songs still make it on charts and last weeks and weeks and weeks. But um, do you, when you're writing, have you have you found yourself um, navigating or even having the thought process of how how is this song, this idea, gonna perform on X Y Z social platform? Do you try to like? eliminate that from your mind like uh i the sped up song trend or you know like tre- trendy mm-hmm. things um mm-hmm. that um everyone's gonna have a different opinion about but for you like when you're writing are you is that like are you putting blinders on for that stuff or are you actually thinking about how will this or is it more like this will work really good live at my show or is that even yeah. in your head you know what i mean I, feel, I mean i feel like if anybody says like no they're using that as like like a, a market like a, yeah. everybody has to think right about it. like right. it being yeah. a musician is a business and like it you have like you know you yeah. have to make money so like you have to think of those things wait you make money i think <laughs> a little bit i mean i'm not saying you know i'm i'm, I'm, I'm selling all my gear right now so like you know these curtains were ten dollars um, on amazon yeah. So. <laughs> yeah um no i think like yeah, they, there's. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> my jo- no, sorry for the ill-placed joke. I no, saying, but I, uh, you were talking about oh, whenever you think, go to. Yeah, so like, like there's no. I think there's just so many different things that work. Like, there's not one version of a pop song or like one version of something that is gonna work. So it's really hard to even know, even if you try to. Uh, make something for the charts like if it's going to land mm, because yeah. there's just something so specific and so niche like i think kids on the internet nowadays are so good at spotting like if something's real or not so i think yeah. it's ironic because like we the whole thing that we want is like real things on the internet which is not real mm. like, that's <laughs> what everybody's yeah. looking for in music uh so I don't know, like, I, I definitely am aware of it. And I really try to be aware of like, you know, obviously making the best thing that I can and uh, being aware of like, you know, what's playing on radio at the time. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even know how much it's gonna help me right. to think about it. Cause like, yeah, it's just, it's never gonna work if I try to force it to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it, it very quickly makes you less unique than you would hope you would be in the end. You know, like if I hear these five things and I'm like, well, that seems to be working and these are the top, you know, I'm going to just try to write that thing and I'm going to sound like mm-hmm. that thing. And then it's not Joan anymore. It's not Dayglo anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, obviously you are your influences and <clears throat> there's going to be, uh, I'm going to hear a song and even subconsciously go, that synth part is sick. I, I wonder what that, and then next time I'm writing, I'm finding myself finding this synth, you know, whatever that's, that's naturally going to happen here and there. But, um, it, it is, I, th- I feel like it's a dangerous line of like, 
uh, healthily being your influences and, and, or even maybe not influences, but the charts, socials, seeing what's trending, all that stuff. You're right. You have to play the game to a certain extent, or, I mean, I guess maybe there are people that don't play the game that still are fine. You know, I'm, I'm sure that exists, but, um, yeah, it's tough to not think about those things to some degree, like you're saying. And I think that's fair. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't think you can't not mm-hmm. always. So yeah, yeah. Well, to, to not to not play the game is to one be aware of the game, right? And then you're deciding a different game to play. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, yeah. It's it's all it's all part of it. Like yeah, you know, punk couldn't be punk if it weren't for like what there is they're against. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. So opposite, like yeah. the grain has to be there to go against the grain. So uh-huh. It's it's all it's all. A decision that you have to make. And you know? what I'm hearing is your next album will be in the metaverse. That's what I'm hearing. You're going to do your entire <laughs> album in the metaverse. I wish, dude. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Good lord. A, the metaverse. a feature vocal from, uh, from Zuckerberg Zuck. himself. <laughs> I can go ahead and tell you that would be the worst vocal you could ever yeah. You never know. The zeros and ones. <laughs> you never <Yeah>. know. <laughs> he sings in binary code. That's yeah. good. That's um, I am curious about how. Uh, and maybe it's changed over the years too, but I, I'd love to hear kind of um, like people in motion, for example, like how mm-hmm. how you put albums together. Do you consider yourself an album person? Do you write a ton mm-hmm. of songs and whittle down from there to fit? Like how, how does that usually come about for you? Yeah, so, I mean, I usually kind of have like three different ways I think something could aesthetically go and then I funnel it down to what it ends up becoming. So like mm. people in motion happen really fast um, and essentially like it's kind of like an experimental album in a way. Like I made the album specifically for a live show. So like I was thinking, what already exists on Fuzzy Brain? What already exists on Harmony House? How can I, like, make a better show with extra songs and, like, continue to tour that? Mm. Um, So essentially that's kind of where People in Motion came from, was, like, just improving live performance. Um, So it's kind of like that album specifically happened fast in that way. But with that um, in mind, just, you're you're still writing and and doing everything just you, correct? It's just yeah. Is it yeah. is it just with you know yourself in logic, like mm-hmm. imagining kind of what live looks like in that way? Yeah, I'm sitting right here and uh, <laughs> yeah, making music. Like, I mean, it's weird because people motion is like so much more like clean and sounds better and like is uh more musically like complex Mm -hmm. than either of the past two records and uh it happened the fastest by far um which is just kind of strange to think about but all all that to say i mixed the record um and then i was about to i was just like every song that i made i was home for like two days and then was doing another show so i'm like in and out of home a lot and um i co-mixed it with uh rich costi who uh is like in vermont he's he's done tons of records um so like i'd mixed it and then i went with him and just got him basically to say it's good yeah um so that was the first time i had ever done 
collaboration, which was fun hmm. um, in a way. But yeah, other than that, I'm just doing it all myself and, you know, obsessed I love with that. It. Yeah. So dude, like, yeah. so every song that was on the album, were there, were there extra songs that you had kind of fleshed out or written out and then you kind of chose what worked from there or was it yeah. like every song made it? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, like, I mean, I wish I could show you my, uh, my computer, but like, you know, I've got a lot of songs that I just never use, which I'm kind of planning in the future, like to start using them somehow, like yeah, co-writing and producing for other people. It's kind of always been my dream. Um, Hey, buddy, you got but, two guys sitting across from you that would gladly do it with okay. you, my friend. <laughs> Let's go, man. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll, send you, uh, I'll send you the files. Let me pause. When you say songs, do you mean fully fleshed out? I mean, I don't mean necessarily fully produced out, but when you say songs, do you mean intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, Brit? you know, like you're a, a full song, or is this more like minute 30 idea? What, what does that mean for you? Like, you kind of I mean, try depends. to go start to finish? Yeah, I've got, I mean, mostly like a chorus is like what I start with yeah. for the most part. And I've got lots of choruses on here of me just like, you know, messing around. But I, I would say like full songs that I've written that I haven't released. I probably have like 50 or something. Sick. Wow. Uh, and for people in motion, there were like 10 that could have made it. And I didn't yeah. use. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so what, yeah. what's that process for you to decide kind of what makes why it? didn't those songs make it? Why, mm -hmm. why did the songs that did win on People in Motion, why, why did they make the, mm -hmm. make, the, uh, make the spot? I mean, it, it mostly comes down to like track listing and I'm like, you know, what fits mm -hmm. here? So I guess that's how I become an album person because um, I want the whole thing to be enjoyable altogether. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like some things I just can't finish. Mm. And so I just don't try to. Yeah. Um, You'll force it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And some things are just like too different than everything else. Like there's a song on the uh, new record called Second Nature, which mm -hmm. I'm still kind of surprised I released it. I'm like, you know, it's, I love the song, but I'm like, geez, this is like really long and different <laughs> so there's like things like that that exist that i don't release but yeah second nature kind of slipped through the cracks that's, that's that's kind of a jammy one right it's it's like is it six minutes yeah, or something it's it's got vocoder all over it and uh, uh -huh. <laughs> it's fun to play live but it's like you know you bring all your instruments to play live and then you have to bring like the instruments for second nature. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's got know, its own trailer. That, this know? one song yeah. has its own trailer. That's good. Basically. dude. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's that. We, we just, well, we did announce it pretty recently, but our first album, the super glue coming out mm -hmm. in April and it's, we, we've never th really thought of an album. Mm -hmm. Like we've been so obsessed with song by song and EP. Like we've thought, I guess EPs as like mini albums, but <clears throat> you know, six songs, seven songs, tops, whatever. But it's, it's a new process for us to sit down and go, okay, we have this batch of songs and then we have these songs that haven't even been written yet that maybe kind of exist in our mind, maybe don't even exist yet. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> to think about it from the album point of view, 
even narratively, like how do we want to weave? Is there a narrative that's going to weave throughout? Is it more of just a track listing thing of like sonically this song goes well after this one and you know the the flow of it? Um, it was really fun for us for the first time to think as an album, mm-hmm. and and we started referencing old like we were referencing like old Eminem albums and stuff where they would have like skits and you know like little like interlude mm-hmm. things that we were just like if we're gonna do it, we need to make something really interesting that, like you said, from start to finish makes a lot of sense and is like a, a packaged yeah. aesthetic. So kudos to you for doing that from the beginning because it's a new process for us. And I I, mm. I think we've done, I hope we've done a good job with this album, but it's new, it's still new, like figuring it out. Super it's a whole new, different yeah. brain brain space. What, sure. uh, like what brought you to that conclusion to do a our, record? Our manager badgering us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. No, I don't know. We. Pretty much from the start of Joan, we didn't have that in the like near future. We always wanted to basically do a song at a time and um, kind of take each song as it is. Um, and then we ended up just putting them, we like they just worked as EPs for you know every six songs or something we would do. And then we were like, oh, we could do an EP and think kind of more, you know, in short form, you know, what, what do six songs look like together? Um, and the last thing we did was two EPs that were, that were themed. And so I think after that was the first time we were like, okay, that was eight songs. It feels like we can, we finally know like what kind of our musical voices and what Joan, like what we want the album to sound like. And I don't know. So for some reason it was just important to us to like take our time figuring out what that needed to look like as an album, you know, and like wanted to make sure Mm -hmm. that whatever those 13 songs or whatever was, um, I think we were just a a little bit afraid that we would be putting the car before the horse, like making, making an album. And so, um, so yeah, this was definitely the first time we were like, okay, we feel confident. Let's go for it. Let's give it a shot. But, but yeah, I just, I love hearing like different people's, um, kind of process with, with making, I mean, making songs in general, but just like albums specifically, it's just such a daunting thing at first. And then like just different people have different processes with it. So it's, it's cool to hear kind of, um, even like how you go about it compared to like how we, how we went about it. It's just, it's interesting and and cool. I, I think it's so cool that, you know different artists have kind of like different processes on, on, on that kind of stuff. But yeah, it feels like you, uh, you cracked, maybe, maybe this is to sum up what he said. We felt like we needed to crack the Joan code, like Mm -hmm. figure out our voice first before we were like, okay, here's our like debut. Although even that language is interesting because our debut was our first single. You know what I mean? Like you, you present yourself with your very first song, but, um, I think we felt like we needed time to, really settle on what that what that is I feel like Mm. for you not to speak for you but from again a a, a third party view fuzzy brain to me like established immediately like what you are not not forever you're not going to evolve not that you know things aren't going to change you're like your songwriting may change all this but it felt really like established from the beginning so here you go Chef's kiss. But with that, like the difference between fuzzy brain and harmony house is like crazy, you know? Mm. And yeah, the evolution's obvious, but it's, yeah, you had a good baseline is what I'm saying. Not saying we didn't. I'm just meaning, uh, I think, I think for certain artists coming out of the box with an album is the move for us. It Mm. wasn't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
but it's some of that's just preference too. But yeah. Anyway. Sure. Yeah. It, well, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll send it. We'll send it to you. Yeah, dude. We'll send you the album. Um. Um. I, I had a. So like with whenever you're going kind of from start to finish, is there is there a part of the process that you love most, or maybe that's changed, but right now or maybe with the last album is there a part of the process you love most and a part of the process that you don't like since you're doing it all yourself like is there is there a part where you're like oh i'm like really having to stretch myself to like make this work or is it kind of all on the same level for you yeah that's a good question i think my answer is probably pretty abstract but like my worst feeling is like not having a completely crystal clear vision of what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, like what is the point of like what I'm doing? And I think the best feeling is like writing a bunch of songs and like, this is all one thing. Uh, yeah. and it makes sense. Uh, getting a bunch of things to make sense, which is like, you know, recording music. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's probably the most satisfying thing to me. But I guess in, like, the recording process, it just depends. Like, like do you like editing? Do you kind of edit I as you go? I honestly do. I honestly do. do. So, like, <laughs> like I, I'm a huge, like, computer editing person, which I'm kind of rediscovering about myself. It's like I love... Um, editing videos like all my original videos I edited and stuff mm, that's awesome and um, I love the uh, ability to like if I have a vision then like knowing I can precisely put all of the pressure on myself in order to execute it mm-hmm. like the idea of somebody else editing something that I did like in my mind the uh, the most honest part is the editing which mm, is like interesting. not true and uh, to a lot of people. But I think it, yeah, I'm a nerd in that way, I guess. So no, like, that's I, good. I do, like, uh, I do like editing. That's awesome. We, we this last, uh, the album, we, I pawned off uh, a good buddy of ours, Tanner Ledford, shout out, uh, edited uh, all of our stuff. It was just like, we'd get it, mm. we'd get it ready for mix. And I was like, this is gonna take me four to eight hours a song to like clean because I'm I'm kind of messy when we're producing songs and I don't mm-hmm. keep it super organized until the end, um, mm-hmm. and so I found that was my like oh man I I just it's so much time it's time consuming and um, I'm learning better now to kind of do it as I go and it it makes it a lot easier on the back end obviously but um, even being digital and even being in Logic and knowing all the little shortcuts and you know the the fast tracking stuff it's still like for me I hate editing I just so it's funny to meet someone who's like I freaking love it but I love I love spreadsheets so it's like (laughs) like it's I don't know it's like both sides of the coin but that is such an interesting perspective though like so much of, I mean, editing can change songs oh, yeah. in such a huge way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thought that like honesty is in the editing, that's like, that's, that's pretty profound, man. Yeah. You could yeah. write a book it, on well, that. It's, I, it all, it all probably just stems from like the fear of, uh, it not being like translated exactly as I'm yeah. hoping it to. So yeah. like, cause I'm very, very detail focused, like down to, any detail of anything, which is in a way like a curse. <laughs> but um, 
that's just the way I am. So like, I try not necessarily to make like a perfect song, but in my mind, like if everything is edited, edited the way that I wanted it to be, then like the song is what it should be. Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, are you that way? Uh, you said where the details really matter and everything. Are you, are you that way in everything? Like put even things outside of music, like, yes. like down. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean like, you, you know, obviously with like, personal relationships with people or something. Yeah. I'd hope that my friends would say like, you know, I'm a gracious person in that way. <laughs> but even then it's like, you know, you have to deny yourself in a lot of ways and mm, the yeah. ways that you think. But um, I'm definitely a, a perfectionist and a workaholic. So um, yeah. both can be good things, but uh, can also be bad things. Yeah. So, so with that and since you do everything, how do you, how do you know a song is done or like, like since you can always go back and kind of recall or you could keep working on it if you need to, what's kind mm-hmm. of the moment for you? Like where you, where you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Put the stamp on it. Um, I think it, it really, really comes down to like a feeling like mm. as ambiguous as that is. It's like, I think there's just a feeling where it's like, okay, this is, uh, this is done. Um, I don't know, like... Have you ever given up on one? Have you ever given up where you were just like, my brain is maxed out, I think, and you show like maybe friends, like we'll show our wives friends, and we're like, I don't know what else to do with this, and everyone I'm sending it to says it's ready, and then it goes to mix, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of songs that I have um, that are that way, but it usually comes down to like, context to what I'm releasing mm-hmm. you know because um, I genuinely like I genuinely enjoy listening to my own music and like making music and the moment I release it, it just kind of becomes something else so like I'm satisfied with listening to these songs that I haven't released like to me yeah. the point is just like I just have to make it mm-hmm. so I some songs I'm just like it doesn't make sense for the record it doesn't really sound like the next record so yeah i don't know so yeah. those are the songs that exist i'm like oh this maybe somebody else would want it sure um it's good to but, hear that you listen to your own music because i do too yeah <laughs> yeah well, you have to I mean, yeah i know i know, you know and it's it comes from a it comes from a both like um uh i, I wouldn't say leisure necessarily it's it's purely scientific most of the time going like even listening back to old our portrait our first ep and going like man if we redid our song tokyo i think it would sound this way now because mm-hmm. i've just learned so Great much song. about yeah thank you um <laughs> but but even like i've i've listened to <clears throat> super glue 50 times like top to bottom and i love 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 the thought of like when i send a song to someone like when when we, when we send you the album after this I'm gonna probably leave this studio and listen to the first couple tracks as if I'm you listening to it, like the kind of role play, um, mm-hmm. but, and then be like, I wonder, I wonder if this hits him the same way <clears throat> that it does me or whatever. And there's something really Definitely. special about that that experience. But yeah, I know it's also mean. kind of uh, selfish, I guess. But <laughs> what is uh, what is the post-release listen like? Is it immediately critical? I I usually have a period before releasing where I haven't listened to the the music much. Um, so I almost forget what the feeling is like. And then usually whenever it's released, it, it, it like sparks a different feeling for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, probably more from like a listener just because maybe even just because I'm listening on like Spotify compared to like yeah. Dropbox or something. But, mm-hmm. um, for me, it, there's almost a shift where it's like, I can't do anything about this anymore. It's, it's out it's of out. my hands and all I can do now is listen and sort of like support it. Yeah. Um, where I think before release, even though that's kind of naive to think because you literally like you can't do much after it's submitted. But, um, I think there's a little part of my brain where it's like, I still have control of this. I still have, I like, yeah, I, it's my song. And then it almost like once it's released, I can like, that's whenever I can hear from maybe another perspective or something. But well, and I, I would say with the out with this album in particular, because it's our first, it's just a whole nother mindset of like, we, we turned it in, we got it mastered in like what September of last year mm-hmm. or something or October. So it's, oh wow, it's been done f- by the time it releases. It will have been done for like six months yeah. more or more, seven maybe. Mm-hmm. And as a first, because of vinyl, like yeah, vinyl. It's basically. so long. The lead times are so long. We we're like, we want to make sure vinyl's ready for it. Right. And so we were like, oh, we need to get the album done literally six months. <laughs> yeah. Before. Which, which before the two EPs we did before High and By, that was it was like month by month. So there was some of it we kind of had in the can, like the maybe the first couple songs for the first couple months we had done and and whatever, but then it kind of caught up. We kind of got a little cocky and we were like, oh, this is, we've got a good time management going. Like, I know it's month by month, but we're ahead of the schedule. And about halfway through, we were like, uh, it all caught up to us. And we were legit like month by like, okay, mm-hmm. we have, this has to be turned into mix in like three days and we're still like on the second chorus or what, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was. But <clears throat> with the album, it's been such a different process of like, we have to have it turned in by you know September or whatever. And then it's not gonna release until April. And so the minute we turned it in, it's not like it was releasing two weeks later or a month later, whatever it is, it's releasing seven months later. And so my brain immediately went to what's next. Like mm-hmm. not, not even necessarily that I was done with it, but my head's already spinning on, well, what does the next album sound like? And we, we probably mm-hmm. already have songs now that will go on that, but mm-hmm. how's it going to shape up? And then remembering immediately like, oh, we have like a, a call with our publish publicist or whatever next week to talk about the album that comes out in seven months again. Mm-hmm. And we have this interview and then we go to Asia and we do these interviews about, and so it's like, I'm, we're still living in album mode even though it isn't released and it's such a strange like mm-hmm. limbo of like, I'm ready to move on, but no one's even heard it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, so, it's so strange. How, 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 um, how far out are you usually turning in versus when it releases no- normally? Is it kind of been different every album or? Um, geez, it's like, it's kind of varied. So like Harmony House, for the most part, was like done really early because um, it's like, you know, during COVID and everything. So um, that one I sat with for a while. Yeah. Uh, People in Motion, that was like really fast, like in because of the tour, I released it pre-vinyl. So like hmm. vinyl, like just released, uh, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like Fuzzy Brain though is like, I released an album first right. and then re-released the album with two extra songs hmm. um, as like an official release. So that was like releasing twice over the span of, you know, two years. And right. yeah, it's, it's a weird time warp yeah especially yeah. if you're like trying to change your sound um that can be right. totally right yeah and that i think that's what it was it was 
<clears throat> I have no idea where album two is going to go necessarily sonically, but we've been living in this land for, you know, a year, essentially six, seven months, whatever. And then I'm like, well, I'm, I'm ready to see what we evolve into next. And maybe yeah. it'll have some remnants of the past with it. Maybe it'll be all future forward for us. I don't know, but it's weird to stay in that middle ground of like, I don't know. Like, like, even, like you're saying, creatively, it's weird. Yeah, it's like your yeah. head and your body are in different yeah, places absolutely. and you're like trying yeah. to get them both kind of in the same spot again. for well, Or in press, <laughs> press questions, someone will, you know, some publication will be like, well, what was it like writing Superglue? And I'm like, that was like last April. Like, I don't even really, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I have core memories around it, but I, yeah. if you would have asked me then, I would have a lot more insight into mm. the, the writing mm. process. But yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah. How, how do you guys find um, just like general uh, press moments? Like what, what has that been like? Has that been different for the record and uh, has that been enjoyable? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, I would say it is overall. I, I don't mind press at all. Um, I, our, our manager, Colin, has always put an emphasis on, on um, uh, the industry still being an album industry you know like obviously singles mm. breakthrough and and because of tiktok and all that but but like all in all his his kind of perspective is the albums still are king in the end and a lot of the industry mm. is still focused around albums so like mm. you know even down to to top 10 albums of the year from x publication or whatever you don't you don't get in that if you didn't release an album obviously so mm-hmm. we don't mm. tend to i don't tend to think about that stuff in terms of like caring if, if we're going to get on that list or not um We'll see after this album if we don't if I'm if I uh, it takes a hit to my ego or not. But um, but I do think the only thing I'd say that kind of gets gets I wouldn't even say old but just interesting is just having some of the same questions asked you know mm-hmm. over and over and over and it's it's you have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt that they don't know they maybe they didn't do research or maybe you're a new band to them mm-hmm. so what's what's with what's with the name Joan where did that come from and mm-hmm. we've told that story you know 700,000 times and where'd the we, name come from <laughs> <laughs> dang it Sloan <laughs> well, it's, well it's a really boring story he had a list of names for a previous band it didn't work I didn't like it Joan was the top of it he showed me a design with an italicized like 17 magazine style mm-hmm. Joan and I was like all right, that's sick. And then we've stuck with it. That's it. But we've like told different people, different stories. Like sometimes we'll tell the story that we, it's like both of our grandmas happen to be called Jones. So we just thought it was like a, you know, coincidence. So we're called, you know, but that's an utter lie. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, lie though. I mean, it's like, it's kind of fun. That's the thing I always forget. And like press stuff is like, you can, have fun with it and come up with yeah. a different answer because I'm so like hyper focused on like I have to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's same, like, you, same. You do, but it's not necessarily dishonest to like say have some whatever. fun. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say I, I've I've learned uh, that written interviews are my favorite. Yeah. Just because mm-hmm. usually that means they're more long form, a little more intentional, um, and it feels like. Uh, it doesn't feel like you're as on the spot with everything and you have to have a, an answer sort of canned that can fit in two Mm. sentences, you know, like it feels like, you know, they're going to edit it into what works or, or, you know, the only, only the good stuff will make it. So it almost feels like there's a little bit of a pressure off whenever it's, it's written, whenever it, whenever it's filmed, it almost feels like just too quick a lot of the times. And mm-hmm. honestly, a, a lot of the reason why we wanted to start this was was because of that, because it was like, 
you know, it, it just seems sometimes like going into press as an artist, you have to like, even if it's not true, you like feel like you have to say certain things or have to say certain mm-hmm. things a certain way. And we were just like, it, I don't know, it'd be interesting to like ask questions from artists to artists, like that's less of a press angle and more of just like, I'm genuinely curious from me to you, you know, like mm-hmm. how you do this or how, what, mm-hmm. you know, this album means to you kind of thing. So when it's questions coming from someone in a, in a, in the same field as sure. you, you know, it's like a scientist asking a scientist, it's just a different level of um, understanding and empathy and all that. When someone on the outside, that's third party, that is a, what, whoever, a publicist or whatever for, for whoever magazine or whatever, it's like, Maybe they were in a band in college, but most likely they're not doing this. That's their job, not this. So they mm-hmm. even have an angle that they're going for, not in a nefarious way. But um, so, yeah, that was a big inspo for this whole process was like we see a lot of like actors on actors and, and you know, you see the big like the Zane Lowe's interviewing bigger artists and, and this kind mm-hmm. of thing. But we were like it'd be really interesting to like come as an artist who is living that lifestyle um, to ask another one, like, what's it like for you? And here's interesting, insightful questions that we may have just cause we under, to some degree, it's even though we have different journeys, we're going to understand a lot of what you say because we've gone through the same ish mm-hmm. thing, you know? So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you handle it normally press? You love it. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> eat it up. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm constantly reminded. I'm definitely not, uh, I'm constantly like, Watley, you know, like, why are they interviewing me? You know, it's like, because yeah. a lot of the time it's like, you know, what is the point of this? You know? Mm, right. Uh, but it's, it's hard to not be jaded like after a while. Cause yeah, I don't know. It's just a tricky thing. Like it's, it's a tricky thing to navigate cause you want to be personable and nice. Uh, but you know, it's your 10th interview with this person. It's hard to connect with them and you're their 10th interview of the day. So it's like, it's just a yeah. hard thing to like, it to feel like a conversation, you know, mm. do you ever uh, deal with the, do you ever deal with the imposter syndrome kind of thing? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> definitely considering how closely my, my like branded self is to my genuine self. Like it, yeah. it's, mm. it's, that can get confusing yeah. um, sure. navigating that, but you know, it's just one of those things. I know. Well, that, that's, on that, that's I think another element to the press thing is I I tend to um, what you just said like why are we doing this? It, mine is even deeper of like wh- why am why is what I'm doing interesting enough to merit this interview? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like uh, are you sure you meant didn't mean to like interview someone more merited than I am or you know <laughs> whatever? Like I yeah. I, de- I definitely that's a constant conversation with us of of like I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if imposter syndrome is the right word for it, but there's a lot of days where I deal with like a, it's probably a self um, worth issue or, <laughs> or or something that I need to go to therapy for. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's like, a, I think I tend, I tend to probably sometimes to my detriment view what we do um, as artists, as musicians, as whatever entertainment, like I, I, I'm so zoned in, eagle focused on like, this is no different than anyone else's job. Like mm-hmm. the way a plumber learns his craft and does it really well, I, I want to learn our craft and do it really well. But because I'm in the spotlight for whatever thing doesn't make me any different than you as a human. Yours, yours is just a, a, a lesser notice job because it's, 
in the mm-hmm. crawl space of a house rather than on a TV screen or whatever. So I deal with that too. Of uh, That's the press angle too. I'm just like, I'm sometimes sitting there like, why, why do you care? Like, why do you care about, and, but I'm also so mm-hmm. thankful that you care because it's like, yeah. it means we're doing something right or, or the music is connecting or whatever, but it's a mm-hmm. personal thing. I definitely, I was just curious if you dealt with any of that. Yeah, no, I, I relate. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's one of those things it's like, it's, it's definitely difficult to navigate, but I think it's a good sign that you have that issue. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would be skeptical of someone who doesn't have that issue, you know, <laughs> like, I deserve to be on this screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, kind of, I mean, not specifically on that topic, but kind of with that too, um, I'd be, I, I'm interested to hear like what, like a, like a live show means to you, like as day glow, like mm-hmm. a lot of times that can be kind of the time where you're getting filled up by a full room of people that mm-hmm. are there to see you. They bought tickets for you. They're, you know, specifically like there for you. Um, how, how does that look like, how's your headspace kind of on, on that? Or like, what's your, what's your stance on live shows? Is that like, I don't, I don't exactly know what I'm asking, but like, mm-hmm. is that like the, the kind of prime spot that you feel like your music is heard and what do live shows kind of mean to you as far as like being a musician or an artist? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really important to me. I definitely view playing live very different than like putting out, you know, a record. Yeah. Mm. I think those mean two very different things, but I mean, I hope to be someone who has a really good live show. Cause I think that's just like, you do part of, probably. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if, if the one at A&M would have been a interesting iteration, but, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's like, I think that's just the best way to connect with people is through live music. And, uh, I think it's just a fun challenge. And I, I think, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the thing that makes what you do iconic. Like if, if mm. you're, if what that, that's the best chance you have yeah. in yeah. my mind is like, uh, having a good show. Cause yeah. that, that's what, you know, solidifies yeah. what you do. Well, yeah, I get, I guess the reason, like we, we talk a lot kind of, I mean, kind of on the same topic of, of what it was, but it almost feels like sometimes like what the line is between like why why am why am i doing this i know people are here for me but also like i know i'm supposed to be playing this music live and at the same time it it feels like there's a connection with these people but it can get so easy to be like oh these people are here for me i'm great i'm you know and like just Mm -hmm. like fill yourself up from that Mm um and you're an inspiration in that way, I think, because like you, your shows, I think feel so like just fun and genuine and safe and cool. And at the same time, you're able like as a viewer to be like, this show is sick. He's awesome. He's like, his music is really good. And it doesn't feel like a, like look, an ego boost. Yeah. Thing. Like look at me. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I, it's, it's, I, I'm always interested to hear kind of like how, how you navigate that or if you th- even think about it and if it's just like a, mm. you know, like an outpouring of kind of what 
who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it all comes down to like, like I think all musicians have to have like this feeling of like, you have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's weird watching a, you know, rock star documentary of, you know, fill in the blank person. And, uh, they're like, insecure about something you know and you're right like, why right. is jennifer lopez insecure it's like <laughs> uh, you know like she she's playing the super bowl but even then you're just like you have to prove yourself like so like there's always that element of it but i think it's just it it fuels it all you know mm, it yeah. creates this balance of like people being there for you and if you can manage to just like be a good fun thing where it's like about everybody then that's right the best bet on making it sustainable but yeah, yeah. I, I think it comes down to a lot of things it's like you know like how is your general health while you're touring you know mm, right it, it all becomes a a human balance thing because at the mm-hmm. same time you're also like in different time zones and yeah. eating different food and i think that's the hardest part honestly is like you know just the touring is uh the best parts and the easiest part is being in front of a crowd you know sure the, uh, the hardest part is like you know sleeping and yeah what you're doing else. with the rest of the 24 yeah. hours that and that's yeah. so funny too like the the when we talk to fans or, or my family and they're like man you're out there on the road touring and living that life man it's got to be great i'm like in a lot of ways it is sure like it's cool to be to be playing shows and people coming and selling tickets and merch and connecting at the merch table with you know like there's all the uh, the self-aware things of like, yeah, I'm very lucky and blessed to be doing what we're doing. <clears throat> On the other hand, touring is hard <laughs> and it's yeah. like mm-hmm. complete grind. And mm-hmm. we've luckily been able to move into like a bus type situation, which has been with, which you, you know, you know that life too. Like it's, it's a mm-hmm. big step up from a van mm-hmm. <laughs> and driving eight hours a day, Definitely. you know, or whatever. But, um, it's still, um, it's a grind and it's like the, the eating healthy, sleeping healthy, keeping your mind healthy. Uh, you're in your like 15th coffee shop in a row, like just trying to catch up on, like we do the finances. So I'm like t- type in expenses to make sure the budget's all good. We're not spending too much money on whatever. And I don't know, it's just like, I, I, I a lot of people I don't think realize that the, the touring part though, albeit fun and they only see the Instagram, like people sing in and you know, the experience of the night, that's like such an iota of time, like a blip mm-hmm. on the radar of the rest of touring where right. it's just like, mm-hmm. it's still beautiful and I'm so thankful we get to do it, but it's a slog mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're right. The health, the health part on it is so crucial, but totally. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, well sick. This has been awesome, dude. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. We're yeah, such, I, I genuinely say, mean it when I say it, we're massive fans of you, huge inspiration to us. It's so funny to think that we met, I don't even know when that was, 2000. Yeah, a long time ago. 18, 19, something? Seven, mm-hmm. Maybe 17. I don't even know. Anyway, whatever it was, and to see your rise, it's so deserved, and um, we love you, and, and uh, we hope this um, was fun for you, and we hope we can be best friends from now on. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sure um, we will be. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, best of luck on the, uh, the record release. That's exciting. Thanks. thanks, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. All right. See you, buddy. Later. Bye. See you.